So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 404- Four seven four zero zero eight six. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Robert Francis Kennedy. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. And let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. 
The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more about the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names. We apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of modern history of the United States or associated subjects. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. The assassinations of Martin Luther King and Robert F. Kennedy have at least two things in common. Both occurred in 1968. Also, family members have been outspoken in not believing that the individual found guilty of murder was the perpetrator. Both King and Kennedy died young, supporting similar causes. King was only 39 years old, while Kennedy was only 42. Why don't you start with describing Martin Luther King? The History website provides a brief description. Quote, Martin Luther King Jr. was a social activist and Baptist minister who played a key role in the American civil rights movement from the mid-1950s until his assassination in 1968. King sought equality and human rights for African Americans, economically disadvantaged and all victims of injustice through peaceful protest. He was a driving force behind watershed events such as the Montgomery bus boycott and the 1963 March on Washington which helped bring about such landmark legislation as the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. King was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964 and is remembered each year on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a U.S. federal holiday since 1986, What were the circumstances surrounding the assassination? The maryferrell.org website provides an outline, quote, In the early evening of April 4th, 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was killed by a single shot which struck his face and neck. He was standing on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, where he had come to lead a peaceful march in support of striking sanitation workers. About an hour later, he was pronounced dead at 7.05 p.m. at St. Joseph Hospital. Shortly after the murder, a bundle was dropped near the door of Canapé's amusement company near the assassination scene, and a white Mustang sped away. Memphis police officers found the, of the bundle to contain a 30 old 6 rifle, ammunition, a pair of binoculars and other items. The rifle had been purchased in Birmingham by a Harvey Lohmeyer, later to be determined to be one of several aliases used by Ray. Pursuit of the White Mustang was thwarted by CB radio transmissions, which described a high-speed chase between the occupants of a blue Pontiac and the White Mustang, and even describing gunplay between the vehicles. These broadcasts appear to have been a hoax or diversion. The broadcaster of these CB radio transmissions has never been identified, unquote. How is James Earl Bray apprehended? The Mary Farrell article continues, quote, Authorities had, had first had little to go on. Harvey Lohmeyer, the purchaser of the rifle found in the bundle, was described as a white male, 36 years old, 5 foot 8 inches tall, 150 to 160 pounds, black or dark brown hair, a description fitting many people. 
the FBI's investigation soon focused on an Eric S. Gold, a name used on a registration card at the New Rebel Motel in Memphis. On April the 19th, fingerprints on the rifle and other items were matched to James Earl Ray, a fugitive from the Missouri State Penitentiary. More than a month passed without Ray being located. Finally, on June the 1st, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police found a possible photographic match between Ray and a George Raymond Snide's Canadian passport. A week later, on June the 8th, Ray was arrested in Heathrow Airport in London, apparently on his way to Rhodesia. Ray was extradited to the US to face trial. He replaced his first attorney, Arthur Haynes, with Percy Foreman. Foreman, who had represented more than 400 murder case defendants, convinced Ray to plead guilty as the only way of avoiding the death penalty. On March 10, 1969, Ray pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to 99 years in prison. A mini-trial on that day settled a few settled few of the questions which had arisen during the preceding year, and Ray himself hinted at a conspiracy, interrupting the proceedings to saying that while he, was, he agreed to all of the, these stipulations, he did not exactly accept the theories of Mr. Clark, the Attorney General, I mean on the conspiracy thing. Three days later, Ray recanted his plea and requested a new trial in two letters to Judge Battle. The judge did not act upon these letters and was found dead at his desk of a heart attack three weeks later, literally with Ray's appeal under his body, unquote. Where was Ray allegedly shooting from to have line of sight to the balcony of Lorraine Motel? A spent cartridge matching a fatal bullet was found in a bathroom in one of the rooms in a nearby rooming house. As we have already learned, Ray's fingerprints were on the rifle. Why would an escaped convict with fingerprints on file abandon the murder weapon with fingerprints on it close to where the shot was fired? But was Ray a good shot? The distance between the bathroom window and the balcony was only 207 feet or 63 meters, so Ray didn't have to be an expert marksman. What was the motive for the assassination? If James Earl Ray were the murderer, he had a history of supporting racial segregation. The London Independent newspaper in an article from April of 2018 includes the following, quote, The fugitive, it would later be reported, was an admirer of Hitler who wanted an all-white America. When he saw Martin Luther King on a prison television, his fellow convicts claimed Ray would fly into a rage and promise, if I ever get to the streets, I'm going to kill him, unquote. Following shortly after King's death, the Federal Fair Housing Act was passed, this was the final legislation of the civil rights era. King's death meant that the main voice of the civil rights movement, which supported every citizen's rights, was silenced. But King had also spoken out against the Vietnam War. King must have been aware that the ratio of African-American combat troops to Caucasian combat troops was double that for the U.S. population as a whole. The draft resulted in skewing the numbers to more minorities who presumably had fewer resources to avoid it. The History website gives King's views, quote, King came to view U.S. intervention in Southeast Asia as little more than imperialism. Additionally, he believed that the Vietnam War diverted money and attention from domestic programs created to aid the black poor. Furthermore, he said war was going to do far more than devastating the hopes of the poor at home were taking a black young men who had been crippled by our society and sending them 8,000 miles away to guarantee liberties in Southeast Asia 
which they had not found in southwest Georgia and Islam, unquote. I think it's safe to say that Martin Luther King had become the face and voice of the civil rights movement, as well as being, an, as a, as being seen as an outspoken critic of the Vietnam War. His violent death marked the end of an era. What protection did King have against an act of violence? On April the 3rd, King had arrived at Memphis Airport with no bodyguards, with the airport under a bomb threat and being searched. He was accompanied by his inner circle of, of his best friend, his advisor, and two assistants. The, the commercial appeal website explains that King was returning to a hostile and dangerous environment. Quote, King is headed to Memphis as a man in crisis, the focus of intense criticism. A week earlier, he'd led a demonstration through downtown Memphis that ended horribly. A riot erupted near the rear of the march. Windows were shattered, stores looted. Police responded with mace and clubs. In the ensuing melee, officers shot and killed 16-year-old Larry Payne, saying he had a knife. His mother, inconsolable, countered he'd been murdered, shot with his hands in the air. Scores of others were injured, unquote. But later on April the 3rd, King seemed to predict what was about to happen. Did he give a speech? Yes, at a mass rally at the headquarters of the International Church of God in Christ. Multiple sources give the following quote. Quote, well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we the, as a people will get to the promised land. And I am happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My I, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord, unquote. After the short break, we'll have to discuss the aftermath of King's assassination. But you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third-generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Gen E as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. 
Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit vitalityhappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that link some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing Martin Luther King Jr. What was the aftermath of King's assassination? Rioting in 100 cities across the United States and shock across the globe, Martin Luther King had lost his life com combating racial inequality through nonviolent resistance. Against the advice of his advisors, Robert, Senator Robert Kennedy, an anti-segregationist and supporter of King's, gave a speech in Indianapolis later that day on April the 4th. Kennedy was in Indianapolis campaigning for the 1968 presidential election. For some in the audience, it was the first they'd heard of the assassination, causing concern that there might be rioting. Robert Kennedy, speaking from a flatbed truck, referring to his brother John brother's John's assassination, calmed the audience who left quietly at the end of a memorable speech that had been made with minimal preparation. There was no riot in Indianapolis that night. Later on April the 9th, Kennedy attended King's funeral in Atlanta. What more came out of Ray's trial? What was the aftermath? Here's more from the London Independent News article. The brief trial intended to save Ray from the death penalty opened opportunities for conspiracy theories if Ray was to, believed, to be believed. Quote, on March 10, 1969, James Earl Ray pleaded guilty to the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. He was sentenced to 99 years in jail. The Lorraine Motel was eventually converted into the National Civil Rights Museum. 
it was an open and shut case, except, of course, it wasn't. Fifty years on, controversy continues to rage about the death of Martin Luther King. Even during the relatively brief Memphis courthouse proceedings, Ray had leapt to his feet when, when both the prosecutor and his own defence lawyer, Percy Foreman, agreed that there was no evidence that anyone else had conspired to kill Dr King. Ray insisted that he had not intended his guilty plea to be taken as meaning that no others had been involved. The guilty plea, of course, had allowed him to avoid the executioner's electric chair. Three days after pleading and being sentenced, Ray wrote to the judge saying he wanted to retract his confession. Neither again could the assassination of Martin Luther King be laid to rest. Sorry, never again could the assassination of Martin Luther King be laid to rest and universally accepted as the work of a lone racist with a gun. After half a century, there has been a profusion of alternative theories presenting Ray as having been directed by shadowy, powerful government forces, either as a paid assassin or as an unwitting patsy, unquote. The Lorraine Motel was one of the only few motels in Memphis in 1968 that would welcome African-Americans as guests. What did later investigations determine? The United States House Select Committee on Assassinations in 1978 published its conclusion. Wik- conclusions. Wikipedia includes the following. Quote, on the King assassination, the committee concluded in its report that while King was killed by one rifle shot from James Earl Ray, there is a likelihood that it was a result of a conspiracy and that no U.S. government agency was part of the, this conspiracy. On the contrary, it was more likely to be between Ray and his brothers, unquote. Was there any evidence of a conspiracy? The Quartz website describes a case of Coretta Scott King versus Lloyd Jars and events leading up to it. Coretta Scott King was uh, Martin Luther King's widow. Quote, the FBI maintains its original conclusion and denies all allegations of a conspiracy or cover-up, but unanswered questions still linger about King's final moments and details of the investigation. For, for instance, witnesses, including a New York Times reporter, reported seeing a man in the bushes beneath the boarding house bathroom. But for some unknown reason, Memphis Public Works cut down the bushes the next day, destroying the potential crime scene. King's usual Memphis police security detail was also mysteriously withdrawn on the day of the assassination. Then there is Lloyd Jowers, owner of a bar on the first floor of the boarding house, who told ABC TV's Primetime Live in 1993 that he had been involved in a conspiracy to kill King that involved organized crime and the U.S. government. Jarrett said he hired a crooked Memphis police lieutenant to commit the murder as a favor to a local mobster friend who was paid $100,000. In 1999, the family filed suit against Jarrett, seeking to get more information into the public record. After hearing four weeks of testimony from over 70 witnesses, the Shelby County jury unanimously found Jarrett and unnamed others, including government, governmental agency, agencies responsible for King's death. The verdict didn't change much, however, as the civil suit did reverse Ray's conviction, and the King family only sought a symbolic $100 in damages as proof they weren't motivated by financial gain. gain unquote. Moving on to Robert F. Kennedy, his assassination in June 1968 was four and a half years after his brother John's assassination in November of 1963. Senator Robert Kennedy was on the campaign trail 
who since the murder of Martin Luther King was seen as the main spokesperson for the poor and disadvantaged and as the highest profile supporter of civil rights, he was against the continuation of the Vietnam War. What would have happened if he had became president? Possibly further investigation into his brother's assassination, a peaceful conclusion to the Vietnam War, and continued support for the civil rights movement. Wikipedia explains that he also was reaching out to younger voters. Quote, Kennedy ran on a platform of racial and economic justice, non-aggression in foreign policy, decentralization of power and social change. Crucial element of his campaign was an engagement with the young, whom he identified as being the future of a reinvigorated America, American society based on partnership and equality. His policy objectives did not sit well with the business community, where he was, he was viewed as something of a fiscal liability, opposed as they were to the tax increases necessary to fund social programs, unquote. What were the events of June 5th, 1968? Wikipedia explains that a victory celebration was in progress. Quote, Kennedy scored major victories when he won, when he won both the California and South Dakota primaries on June the 4th. He addressed his supporters shortly after midnight on June the 5th, 1968, in a ballroom at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Leaving the ballroom, he went through the hotel kitchen after being told it was a shortcut to a press room. He did this despite being advised by his bodyguard, former FBI agent Bill Barry, to avoid the kitchen. In a crowded kitchen passageway, Kennedy turned to his left and shook hands with a with hotel busboy Juan Romero, just as Saran Saran, a 24-year-old Palestinian, opened fire with a 2-2 caliber revolver. Kennedy was hit three times and five other people were wounded, unquote. Despite emergency surgery, Kennedy was pronounced dead in the early hours of June the 6th, nearly 26 hours after the shooting. Saran Saran is serving a life sentence after being convicted of murder. It sounds like an open and shut case. What isn't believed about the official story? Wikipedia explains that there may have been more than one gunman. Quote, in 2007, analysis of an audio recording of the shooting made that night by freelance reporter Stanislaw Prusinski appeared to indicate, according to forensic expert Philip von Prague, that at least 13 shots were fired. Van Prague also said the recording revealed at least two instances in which the time between shots was was shorter than humanly possible and that different residences indicated that there was more than one gun. According to Van Prague, the firing of more than eight shots was independently corroborated by forensic audio specialists Wes Dooley and Paul Pegas of Audio Engineering Associates, forensic audio and ballistics expert Eddie B. Brixen, and audio specialist Phil Spencer Whitehead of the Georgia Institute of Technology. Some other acoustic experts, though, through their own analysis, have stated that no more than eight shots are recorded on the tape, unquote. Weren't the bullet or bullets taken from Kennedy's body matched with Saran Saran's revolver? Apparently, but after the fact, here's more from Wikipedia. Quote, in 1975, a Los Angeles judge convened a panel of seven experts in forensics to examine ballistic evidence. They found that the three bullets that hit Kennedy were all fired from the same gun, but could not find a match between these bullets and Saran's revolver. They accused Dwayne Wolfer, 
lead crime scene investigator who testified testified at trial that a bullet taken from Kennedy's body was from Surround's revolver of running a careless investigation. The forensic experts urged further investigation. An internal police document, which was later released, concluded that Kennedy and Weisel bullets not fired from the same were not fired from the same gun, and the Kennedy bullet was not fired from Surround's revolver. Unquote. William Weisel was one of the five who received gun wounds at the gun wound, gunshot wounds at the scene. Also, Kennedy's fatal wounds were not from the front, the direction from which Surround Surround was firing with eight bullets in a revolver's magazine. There were three bullet holes in the foam ceiling and two in the door frame. These were not accounted for with three going into Kennedy's body and five others causing injuries to the five bystanders, including William Weissel. According to Wikipedia, the LAPD removed the door frame and ceiling tiles and later incinerated them. But there was also the Manchurian candidate theory. You have mentioned the Manchurian Candidate movie before in another show, where an assassin is brainwashed and not aware of their actions. Yes, Wikipedia explains the Manchurian Candidate scenario, but I don't think we've got time to get that started, so I think we need to go into a break. Yes, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience if you have seen a ufo had a close encounter seen a ghost bigfoot lake monster 
or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Xzone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were just discussing the Manchurian candidate. And Dad, you were just about to quote Wikipedia. Yes. Uh, quote, another conspiracy theory relates to a, a Manchurian candidate hypothesis that Saran was psychologically programmed by persons unknown to commit the murder. They was not aware of his actions at the time and that his mind was wiped in the aftermath by the conspirators so that he would have no memory of the event or the people who programmed him. The theory was supported by psychologist and hypnosis expert Dr. Edward Simpson Callas after 35 hours of work with Saran in San Quentin prison in 1969. Saran claimed then and has continued to claim that he to have no memory of the assassination or its aftermath. Saran's lawyers in 2010 accused the CIA of hypnotizing Saran and making him an involuntary participant, unquote. Is there anything else from that night that doesn't add up? Yes, the girl in the polka dot dress, as the Mary Farrell website describes, quote, Saran was seen in the hotel, including in the pantry itself, in the company of a girl wearing a polka dot dress. The girl and another male companion were seen running from the pantry after the shooting. RFK campaign worker Sandy Serrano, taking a break out on the balcony, saw them run from the hotel. The woman gleefully shouting, we shot him, we shot him. When Serrano asked what, who they meant, the girl replied, Senator Kennedy. Unbelievably, unbelievable as it sounds, her behavior was corroborated by LAPD officer Paul Sharaga, who was told the same thing by an elderly couple in the, in the parking lot behind the hotel. Shara Alga was the source of an all points was the source of an all points bulletin on the suspects. The girl was described consistently by most of the witnesses: dirty blonde hair, well built with crooked or funny nose, with a crooked or funny nose, wearing a white dress with blue or black polka dots. There were many other witnesses to the polka dotted dressed girl in the hotel in in the company of Saran in the weeks prior to the assassination. 
The article continues with an eyewitness, a Dr. Marcus McBoom, claiming that he saw a man with a gun. Quote, there was other eyewitness testimony of a second shooter, Dr. Marcus McBoom, who saw a man with, par with a partially concealed pistol in his hand running from the pantry. Don Shulman reported seeing a security guard at Kennedy's side pull out his gun during the attack, unquote. What have Kennedy family members said about the guilt of Saran Saran? Kennedy's son, an environmental lawyer, spoke about his father's death in May of 2018. His comments were widely reported with the following content coming from Newsweek. Quote, Robert F. Kennedy's son does not believe that Saran Saran fired his shots that killed his father and has demanded a new investigation into the assassination. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 64, told the Washington Post that he arrived at the conclusion after reviewing an autopsy and police reports and spending three hours visiting Saran in a California prison where he's serving a life sentence for the killing. I got to a place where I had to see Saran, Kennedy Jr. said, but would not disclose the specific content of his discussions with Saran, unquote. With that, it's time for the first question. How important was Martin Luther King to the civil rights movement? Extremely. Anyone who looks into his life and what he did for all people would see how important he is. How did the gunman know that a single shot was sufficient to be fatal? Was the gunman close enough to the victim? Yes and no. It was all also the placement. So obviously when a gun is fired, depending on where the bullet hits, it can be fatal automatically. Why was a bundle containing a 30 6 rifle with raised fingerprints, ammunition, a pair of binoculars and other items dropped near the scene? Basically, someone was in a hurry. Why would James O'Reilly leave so much physical evidence near the crime scene where, for example, the bundle could have been thrown into the back of his car? He wasn't thinking. Was the rifle purchased by James O'Reilly? Yes. Who was responsible for the hoax CB radio transmissions used as a diversion, which described a high-speed chase with gunplay between the occupants of a blue Pontiac and the white Mustang that Ray had used for his escape? It was an accomplice. An accomplice to James Earl Ray. Correct. Was Ray's intended escape to Africa prevented by the Royal Canadian Mountain Police finding a possible match with Ray's photograph to the falsified Canadian passport with his alias? That's correct, yes. Was Ray part of a conspiracy that helped with his escape? Not exactly, no. More like some people working together. Not really a conspiracy, no. Why did it take from early April to early June for Ray to be still escaping, ready for a flight between London and Rhodesia? Why hadn't he escaped earlier? He almost got caught multiple times, so he is kind of being obvious of who he was. Why did Ray's attorney convince him to plead guilty? Was the sole reason to avoid the death penalty? Yes. Why did Ray interrupt proceedings during a mini-trial, stating that while he agreed to all the stipulations, he believed that there was a conspiracy? He thought he was framed, so he wasn't going to admit that he was part of the crime, so he really did believe he was framed. Three days after interrupting the trial, why did... Why did he recant his guilty plea, requesting a new trial in two letters to Judge Battle, the judge in charge? He didn't think he should be punished for the crime, though again, he really believed he didn't do it. 
Why was Judge Badal found dead at his desk of a heart attack three weeks later, literally with rays of peel under his body? That was more targeted, so nothing related to the case, but something separate. So the judge's time had come? Correct. Why wasn't Ray's appeal acted on by another judge? Again, things get complicated in the court of law, so different judges make different decisions. Was a spent cartridge matching the fatal bullet found in a bathroom in a nearby rooming house where Ray was staying? Yes. Was the motive for the assassination hatred and racism? That was part of it, yes. Were the American public aware that at the time in, for the ongoing America, uh, Vietnam War, the ratio of African-American combat troops to Caucasian combat troops was double that for the U.S. population as a whole? Yes. Was King correct in thinking that the Vietnam War directed money and attention from domestic programs created to aid minorities and the poor? Yes, that is what he believed and was partially true. Was King correct in that minorities had been crippled by society and sent 8,000 miles away to guarantee liberties in Southeast Asia did not have liberties available to them in the United States? That could be said. Why was King not accompanied by any bodyguards when he arrived at Memphis Airport on April 3rd, returning while under intense criticism? He wanted to stand alone, so he wanted to make a point. A week earlier, during a demonstration led by King through downtown Memphis that ended in a riot, was 16-year-old Larry Payne killed by police for holding a knife? Yes. Who had incited the riot leading up to the death of Larry Payne, with others being injured? Just multiple people, multiple people who wanted to create a scene. Was inciting a riot part of a conspiracy to put King in a bad light? Not really a conspiracy. More people believe different beliefs. Was 16-year-old Larry Payne's mother correct that her son was shot with his hands in the air? Yes. Did he previously have a knife? Yes, he was holding a knife, but there was no reason they couldn't have taken the knife. At the mass rally on the evening, on the evening of April the 3rd, had King had a premonition of his impending death before giving his famous mountaintop speech? Yes. How important in calming a divided nation was Senator Kennedy, Robert Kennedy's speech in Indianapolis on April the 4th when he spoke of the loss of his brother JFK through assassination? You could say very important. What was the importance of Senator Robert Kennedy attending King's funeral on April the 9th? To show more equality and standing as one. Going back to the trial, did Ray insist that he had not intended his guilty plea to be taken as meaning? that no others had been involved? Yes. Is there any truth in the theory that Ray was directed by shadowy, powerful forces as a paid assassin or as an unwitting patsy? There's some truth that others were involved. Why did the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations in 1978, clearing government involvement, conclude that while King was killed by one rifle shot from James Earl Ray, there was the likelihood that it was a result of a conspiracy likely to be between Ray and his brothers. They had other evidence, so they had evidence that more than one person was involved. At the time of the assassination, as reported by witnesses, was there a man in the bushes beneath the rooming house bathroom from which Ray had allegedly fired? Yes. Why did Memphis Public Works cut down the bushes the next day, destroying any potential crime scene? 
They actually thought they were collecting them for evidence. So they were trying to do well, but it didn't come across that way. Why was King's usual Memphis police security detail mysteriously withdrawn on the day of the assassination? Again, that was partly about him, where he decided that he shouldn't need a police escort or any type of security. Was Lloyd Jowers, owner of a bar on the first floor of the rooming house, correct in that he had been involved in a conspiracy to kill King? No. Did Jowers hire a crooked Memphis police lieutenant to commit the murder as a favour to a local monster friend while being paid $100,000? No. Don't think we've got time for any more questions before going into the break, Justina. We'll continue with the questions after the break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com 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 right simultv.com interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com ufo last night oh yeah yeah now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. 
Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were going through the psychic insight and questions. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? In 1999, when the King family filed suit for $100 against Lloyd Jowers, seeking to, to get more information into the public record, was there four weeks of testimony from over 70 witnesses? Yes. Why did the Shelby County jury unanimously find Jowers and unnamed others, including governmental agencies, responsible for King's death? Again, there is more evidence that was released. Why was King assassinating assassinated following over a decade as being the leader of the civil rights movement. Was it because of his anti-Vietnam War stance? Partially, but partially because there was an opportunity. So they found an opportunity and took advantage of it. Was James Earl Ray the assassin? He was the one that actually shot the gun, yes. So Ray persuaded himself he was innocent after the fact. Yes, correct, where he believed he shouldn't be the only one with the blame, but the other ones involved should as well. What can we learn from the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on April the 4th, 1968? The people that are very outspoken are often targets for violence and violence against themselves. So being a public figure is not only something that many people strive to be, but also something that people don't realize how dangerous it is. So being a public figure, speaking out about controversial subjects, also puts a target on these people's backs, or it doesn't become when they're going to be assassinated, but usually how long it is going to take before they upset some type of group of people. And the group of people aims for them, and unfortunately in this case, it was just a matter of timing and the opportunity for the people involved. Moving on to Robert F. Kennedy and his assassination in June of 1968, why, why was he a spokesperson for the poor and disadvantaged and the highest profile supporter of civil rights while against the continuation of the Vietnam War? Those are just his beliefs. So he strongly believed in equality for all people. Why was engagement with younger voters so important to him? Because he saw the percentage of younger voters who did not vote and saw an opportunity to have them vote and stand up for what they believed in. Why had Kennedy started to progress well in his campaign for president, scoring major victories when he won both the California and South Dakota primaries on June the 4th? He had a name for himself, and many people believed in the same things he believed in. On June the 5th, 1968, in a ballroom at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, why did Kennedy go through the hotel kitchen as a shortcut to a press room, despite being advised by his bodyguard to avoid the kitchen? He was actually picking up a snack on his way. Was the bodyguard giving the advice because it was a crowded area? Correct, yes. Was the 2007 analysis by Stanislaw Pruszynski correct in that at least 13 shots were fired? There were about 15, but yes, he is correct. 
How many shots were fired by Saran Saran? Fifteen. Did the three bullets removed from Kennedy's body match those fired from Saran Saran's revolver? Yes. Was there testimony in Saran Saran's trial that the bullet taken from Kennedy's body matched Saran Saran's revolver? Correct, yes. Was the bullet found in bystander William Weissel fired from a different gun than the gun that killed Kennedy? Yes, that's correct. So did Saran Saran have two guns? There are actually more than two. Was there another gunman? There was only one gunman shooting. Did the LAPD remove the door frame and the ceiling tiles with the evidence of bullet holes and later incinerate them? Yes. As supported by psychologist and hypnosis expert Dr. Edward Simpson Callis in 1969, was Saran Saran brainwashed or hypnotized in the manner of a Manchurian candidate when he was when he was shooting? Yes. Is Saran Saran correct in claiming to have no memory of the assassination or its aftermath? Yes, his memory was wiped. Who was the girl in the polka dot dress? She is supposed to be more of a witness and observing what was happening. Did the girl in the polka dot dress gleefully shout, we shot him, we shot him, referring to Senator Kennedy? Yes, as a distraction. Besides being an observer and being a distraction, what was the role of the girl in the polka dot dress in the assassination? She was helping with it, so she was there to make sure the job was done. Was she part of the brainwashing of Saran Saran? Yes. Did eyewitness Dr. Marcus McBoom see a man with a partially concealed pistol in his hand run from the pantry in the Ambassador Hotel? Yes. Did that person seen by Dr. McBoom fire a shot? No. Did another eyewitness see a security guard at Kennedy's side pull out his gun during the attack? Yes. Who killed Senator Robert F. Kennedy? Saran Saran was the one that actually fired the fatal bullet. Why was Robert Kennedy assassinated? He was onto too much information, so he found some documents that were not released and was studying them, and other people did not want them released. Why did Saran Saran have more than one gun available to him? He had other people around who were supplying the guns. Who was behind Saran Saran's brainwashing? It was some more powerful figures, people with a lot of money, and also people who were experimenting with brainwashing at the time. So they weren't 100% sure that the brainwashing would work, but they were very happy when it was successful. Was this type of Manchurian candidate brainwashing used in other assassinations or in other scenarios? It was used in a few situations where assassinations were attempted that were not successful, but this was the first one that actually completely successful, but it was not the last one used on. Was the assassination of Robert Kennedy based on his aim of ending the Vietnam War with an honorable peace? Partially, yes, and partially what he was trying to do for the lower class and the poor. So there was a plan to keep the poor as poor as possible. Did Kennedy's then election opponent, President Richard Nixon, later fall from grace and resign due to his ending of the Vietnam War? That could be said, yes. That was the answer. Sorry, that was the last answer. Would a future champion for the underprivileged and poor, similar to Martin Luther King or Robert Kennedy, be too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. The history books will show that James Earl Ray and Saran Saran were the assassins 
which doesn't tell the whole story, especially for, for Saran Saran. Mounting a defense based on the assassin being a Manchuria candidate, not aware of what they were doing at the time, along with no recollection afterwards, would have required witness testimony from the girl in the polka dot dress and her accomplices. Additionally, an expert witness would have had to be prepared to testify. This appears to be perfect means of conducting an assassination. How can an accused prove anything in court? Also, I don't think the law includes brainwashing as a defense for murder, as it's not a reason of, insa of insanity. Well, I think uh, the scenario described by the Psychic Insight would be too much for any movie. The idea of Saran Saran being handed guns to fire with a girl in a polka dot dress and all that confusion, um, that just seems so outrageous that it could never be true, but that appears to be what Psychic Insight has said. Well, I think an interesting point is that obviously when these happened, there wasn't the technology of today. So today we have all different cameras, we have witnesses with cameras, but there's also the other point that even today with a lot of murders, the surveillance cameras don't capture it, the footage isn't clear. So there's always kind of the question if this happened later when technology was more advanced what have the people actually been seen on camera caught and would we know the full story these assassinations both after in my lifetime i was fairly young when they happened but at the time i can remember the the complete shock and horror of them um i think the assassination of dr martin luther king sticks more in my mind I think there was utter disbelief where I was living. I wasn't living in America at the time. And um, we saw Martin Luther King as a power of good and, and the United States was making progress. And it was just such an awful day when it happened. Well, I think there was also kind of the point brought up by the Psychic Insight that if you speak up, if you speak for more controversial subjects, you become a target. There's always going to be some type of group that disagrees with you, and a lot of these groups of people have the means to actually harm the person who is speaking up. I think in retrospect, I don't think the mass media helped him because he only came on the news when there was something bad happening. So in a way, he got associated with um, violence and riots that if he showed up they were going to happen when in fact he was all about peaceful protest and, and uh, put himself in, in harm's way Well I think we do have to bring up that we do have the topic right now happening in Minneapolis, Minnesota we're obviously from Minnesota that there is footage being released by officers who supposedly detained a man and this relates back to our show on a personal level about MLK and what he was fighting for. So I'm not going to put my opinion in this show, but I'm sure a lot of people have seen that footage. So we just want to say our hearts go out to, obviously, everyone we talked about today's family, MLK's, RFK's family that are still alive, and also to the current victim uh, that happened in Minneapolis. Yeah, I think we need a Martin Luther King again, another one if, there, if, if such a thing could happen more now than ever. Well, as always, you can contact us at our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O or our Instagram page at T-W-O-G-T-B-T. We'd love to hear from you if you have any topics related to today's or if you have any brand new topics, we'd love to hear about them. And as always, thank you so much for listening and we look forward to next week's show. Mm -hmm.
Thank you.